Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Excited, as always, to have you tuning in. Thank you so much. Great show. I know I say that a lot, but great show today. Tiffany Cannon, who is the owner of Oso oh Sweet in Davenport, Iowa, is on the show. Tiffany, thank you for being on. Um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That is for sure. So thank you. Thank you. Of course, we're going to have a great conversation today. Before we get into some of the backstory, as we always do, tell people exactly what is Oso oh Sweet. Okay, so Oso oh Sweet is um, a small bakery that I started. Um, I started from my house and just kind of kept growing and growing, and um, uh, it's been um, very successful, and uh, it's been really good for the community as well. How many years have you had the bakery? I have had a storefront now for, we just turned six, um, but I did it for three years out of my home um, before that. So I've been doing it almost for 10 years now. That's, that is multiple lifetimes in the, in the restaurant industry. That's for sure. It is, it is, and I'm tired. I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I bet we're going to get into that a little bit. So let's take people back. Because you didn't start on the path, of, you know, like myself and others where sure. you were in it from the beginning. You had a different path and you kind of made a transition. So take us back. What were you doing before you you made the pivot, as we talk about pivots all the time, sure. towards the, the bakery world? What were you doing before that? Sure. So I went to the University of Iowa and Iowa City to study um, elementary education. I thought that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I did teach third grade in Bettendorf for five years. Um, uh, and then I, um, decided to, um, stay at home and raise my kids. And while I was at home, I was bored. Uh, <laughs> so I, um, did a lot of, um, I wanted to be a very type A, uh, so I wanted to be the best stay at home mom I could possibly be, which meant cooking three course meals every night, making souffle, um, baking off coffee cake just to make the house smell good. So what I did during my time when I was raising my children at home is I taught myself how to cook and bake. And I really loved um, the baking side of it. I loved the visual. I loved how it looked. I loved following an exact recipe. Um, so I uh, watched a lot of food TV. I watched Food Network. I read blogs. Um, I read magazines. My favorite thing to do was to go on a Saturday night to a Mexican restaurant with my mom and we would spread cookbooks out and look at them. So um, there came a time in my life where I decided um, that I needed to, my kids were getting older and I needed to go back to something. And the bureaucracy and the grinding, um, the grindingness of the school system did not appeal to me anymore. I wanted to do something gotcha. where I could make a quick decision um, and where if I wanted to try something, I could try it really fast. So, for example, if you had a student, I taught third grade. So if I had a student who the 
the gap between the kids who can achieve and the kids who are struggling in third grade gets really, really wide. And I would see these kids struggling and they needed help as soon as possible. But in order to get them some help, it was going to be a two-year process. And that was driving me crazy. So Yeah, I mean, so you're I type A, so that kind of rigor is strangling. Yeah. So let's get them help right now. They, they need help now. So uh, opening my own business was something that just really, I didn't really think twice about. So I thought it was low risk. So I started out of my home. I had a little tiny mixer and a little tiny oven. And I thought, I'm just going to see how this goes. And then I just kind of kept growing and growing. I did um, my friend, um, I would take desserts to my neighbors, desserts to offices, desserts to my sister's office. And I would get orders that way. Um, I would, uh, my friend had a restaurant. And so I took a dessert every, every day to her restaurant and I would get orders that way. Well, then she and I did the farmer's market. And then it was like, and I ended up getting so busy that I decided I needed to open a storefront. And so that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah, that's it. I love it. I Thanks. think that's a, an amazing journey. It's, it's, it's like the a food version of, uh, you know, like Apple starting in the, in the garage. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, that's, a, I think for that's, sure. that's a fascinating story. So the, the storefront. No business opening a storefront. I'm telling you, I had no business doing it. Here's but the thing. I Nobody have, does, Tiffany. Ah, Nobody does. But I have perseverance and I knew I could, I could figure it out. And I had been in the service industry, food industry, since I was 14 yeah. in some capacity or another. And so it all kind of translates. And so, you know, I think by sheer drive and, and also a, feel, a fear of failure, which I have, um, I feel like it just kind of all kind of worked out. So thank God. That's perfect. That you have that purebred entrepreneurial spirit in you for sure. What are a, a couple of the things that you remember from those early days once you transition? Because it's a big jump from at home farmers markets to the brick and mortar to having four walls surrounding you. That's a huge commitment. Talk about those early days, the trials, the successes that yeah. you saw. Anybody who was there through through those early days. Yeah, so there were a lot of things that um, that were eye-opening, and I would say taxes were number one. Taxes suck. Um, uh, also, uh, managing humans was like, oh, not everybody has the same work ethic or drive that you have. Wait, what? Not yeah. everybody is taking your business into their heart like you are? Oh, that was eye-opening as well. Um, uh, figuring out... Uh, how to handle customers, um, uh, just kind of, I mean, there was just a giant learning curve for everything. Marketing, um, uh, just because one is a good, and I've said this a million times, just because one is a good chef or a person is a good pastry chef does not translate into being able to run a successful business. And so that was really eye-opening as well, is that I had to be able to hold my own um, in the pacer world, but I also um, had a whole nother ball of wax to figure out too on, on how to make this business run. So Yeah, you're wearing a lot of different hats and existing in For different sure. spaces completely. The pastry is one thing. The business is a completely different thing and takes different skills for sure. Was it all important learning when you reflect on it? Or are there a couple of things that you say, I absolutely would do this different if I had it to do it over again? Um... What would I do differently? Um, 
And you can you say know, nothing. I, I had to struggle and figure it out. And that's the way it is. You know, and I do think that because I never worked in a commercial bakery and a professional bakery before, there, you know, I kind of, I mean, there was a lot to learn um, production-wise, just the kind of the behind the scenes. Um, but it was good for me. And honestly, the community really grabbed it they rallied a little bit and then they have just been so supportive that that i feel like everything that happened was a really good learning experience for me and i and i honestly don't know that i would that i would change anything i mean i have my i have a tough skin now um i know how to handle employees now um i know how to diffuse customers now um i know what will sell and won't sell um, I know how to make the front of house look beautiful so that people want to come in. Um, I'm trying to market. Uh, I think I know what works with marketing. So I think everything that has, has come at me really has helped me grow as a business owner. So I don't know. I think to answer your question, I don't think I would change anything. I think that's the right answer. I think that's absolutely Thanks. great. I think it's all all the mistakes, lead, the micro failures lead to the success. I'm a I would I'm agree. all in buyer on that for sure. I want to start community and then I want to talk about marketing. Two things I'm very fascinated sure. in what you've been able to do very well. The community standpoint, I'm going to we're going to start with Food Network. You mentioned watching Food Network. You get on the yeah. Food Network and that kind of explodes for you. And then we're going to yeah. talk about how that connects the community. We'll talk about your experience sure with the food network challenge, right? Sure. Food network challenge. That was, that was yeah. where you were at. So they, um, so if you had told me, first of all, like when I first started this, that I would be on food network within six years, I would have thought you were nuts. Um, I didn't ever see that coming. Uh, then what had happened, I think, and I never really asked, but, um, every time I would be on local television and local television has been amazing to Oh So Sweet and myself. Um, every time I was on local television, I would hashtag it. Um, so there were a lot of times, you know, for my personal journey, uh, I always felt like because I stayed at home and taught myself how to, how to bake, that that was something I wanted to share with viewers. Like, you can do this at home, too. Let me take the mystery out of it. So they had me on local television a lot. Um, and every time I was on, I would take a picture with the host or the person that was with me, and I would hashtag it. So what had happened is that uh, a casting agent from California did a hashtag search and he sent me a message of not even through Oso oh Sweets Instagram, but my personal Instagram and said, hey, you know, would you like to fill out this application for this challenge for the Christmas cookie challenge? And I thought it was a joke. And I, so I did. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Huh? Yeah. Uh huh. And so I did it. I told him yes. And then I didn't fill it out. And the next day he found out so sweet's work number and I was eating lunch and he was like, Hey, it's the producer. Are you going to so, fill this out? Let's go, like, let's oh my go. God, this is real. Yeah. And so I filled it out and then it was like a whirlwind because they have a giant vetting process. And then, um, it was Skype interview, uh, application, Skype interview application. And then they wanted to make sure you could actually bake. So you had to send in photos. Well, it was this giant process. And then um, next thing you know, I'm flying to Los Angeles and I'm with uh, four other people I've never met in a city I've never met. I've never been um, in a hotel where I'm not totally sure. Getting ready to uh, bake in a kitchen um, that I've only had a tour of for 10 minutes. So um, 
and yeah, that was really about it. And then also on top of it, you, you, they, they make you sign a non-disclosure, so you can't yep. tell anybody. And so then I had to keep a secret for like nine months, which was really Oh, hard, wow. I know. That's a long <laughs> time. And you seem like somebody who's, you know, not necessarily one to keep secrets for a long time. You're very gregarious, yeah. right? Yeah. If it comes in my head, it's usually coming out my mouth. So that was a really yeah. tough one. And um, yeah, that was hard to tell. But once I was able to kind of tell everybody what, once the show was getting ready to air and we had the go, the go ahead to um, tell the community and, and post it on social media, the community was um, very, they rallied around me and were very kind. Um, it's kind of a big deal, you know, you kind of downplay it because you're like, well, and I didn't win and meh, meh, you know, like, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like once you step back from it, you're kind of like, holy shit, I've gone through network. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't take that away. I mean, especially so, for you going way back when you're you're watching Food Network and sprawling cookbooks out at the Mexican yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you made it. You Everything that you looked at as a potential roadmap for you, you made it to that. So I think that's great. Community, I want to go deeper because the watch party. Tell yeah. us about the watch party for your Food Network Challenge premiere <laughs> show. Do you want to know the truth? I'll tell you the truth. Please. So, it's just you and I. Let's I, talk about it. Yeah, sure. No problem. I had a, a private watch party that I set up with a restaurant that's you know, around the corner from Osa Suite, and I sent out invites and thought it was great. And then um, some of my friends just organically, I made friends with some of the people in the news. And then one of the morning broadcasters here um, announced that there was a watch party. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then a news crew came, and then like a lot of strangers came too, um, which was fine. Um, I just wasn't you know, prepared for, I, I, would <laughs> I would have thrown a different type of party for everybody. I just didn't think people would be interested in it was, you know, it was really cold. We had a really cold snap, but people showed up. Um, it was amazing. I had to get super drunk because I don't know about you, but I hate listening to my voice. Do you hate listening to your voice? You know, what's really funny is I never listen to my stuff. I don't know if it's because I don't like the sound of my voice. I think it's because I'm so futurist, kind of type A like you. I'm like on to the next thing. So like, oh. I don't like listening to it, not because of the sound of my voice, but I hear you on that. I'm just like, let's go do the next thing. I don't want to listen to the thing I already did. I already did that. I was there. I don't care. Let's go. So I'm with That's, you. The thought of watching myself on national television and I knew like that was PTSD. That was very stressful. And so the thought of reliving the most stressful moment in my life um, combined with having to hear my own annoying voice. I had to like wah, 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 before I even walked in. And so, uh, but it took the edge off. So yeah. I was able to watch it and uh, um, it was all good at the end. I was just happy that people were interested, um, you know, at the radio stations, uh, were interviewing me every TV. It was like everybody was. I wanted to make my hometown proud. Does yeah. that make sense? I wanted it, to represent. Did it feel Iowa. like that? Very much like one of our own, uh, you know, made it, so to speak, kind of in that scenario where they really felt like you were representing them? Yeah, I think that because, and even on the show, the first cookie they showed was uh, a cookie of 
I was corn and it had Iowa on it. And so I do think right from the get go, it was, here's our hometown hero, man. She's gonna, she's gonna kill it. Look at this. She's self-taught and she did great. And let's do the damn thing, you know? So yes, I, I love think it. that's where all the support came from. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. I'm pretty lucky. That's very cool. You're an ambassador yeah. for your town. You're like the mayor. You're basically you're the mayor of the town. I think that's great. The de facto mayor, the sugar maven, <laughs> is, uh, is amazing. Yeah, I am I love the sugar that. Marketing. Let's talk about marketing. We understand the community. You've built a lot of community through marketing, being able to create a voice that's your voice, a unique voice, a voice that clearly your community. Do you honestly think that I'm good at marketing? I think so. Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, we could we could uh, break down what marketing is. I think you're a good storyteller. I think you understand okay. brand and message. Okay. How good you are at advertising and kind of like the X, Y, and Z numbers of it. Maybe, maybe not. That's that's up for debate. But purely sure. from a brand message storytelling, yes, I think you're absolutely amazing at it. Hundred percent. So the reason is because you're just you, whatever that means, if it's the annoying voice or if whatever you think that is, you just own it. And I think that's one of the most important things you can do. And that's why people you know, gravitate towards you. I, I truly believe that. I think it's very, very important. So from that, from the marketing standpoint, you mentioned simple things like taking a picture and using a hashtag. I want to take just a second to talk. So many people in the restaurant, hospitality, food and beverage industry, we suck suck at marketing tiffany because we don't understand it because we are so face to face somebody walks into our yeah. four walls and there's an exchange that happens an experience a transaction food yeah. beverage whatever that is and so we don't think about marketing because we think we just do it if you just make an amazing cookie people will come it's not necessarily the truth because then the other person has an amazing cookie and they can tell a story better than you, you're in big trouble. Yeah. That's vulnerability. So give us some insights. So many people thinking it. about marketing their own brand right now. What are a couple of things that you know you feel like you might do well or that just come naturally sure. to you? Sure. So I do think um, this is really interesting because I don't really think of myself as a good marketer. I just see it kind of as part of my job. So the fact that you wanted yeah. to even talk to me about marketing was really eye-opening. And I've talked to a lot of my um, colleagues and friends um, who own restaurants about, he wants to talk to me about marketing, but I really don't know what, like, I just kind of do my own thing. Um, so I've, I've, but I've, from all these conversations that I've had with friends um, and colleagues, uh, I think, um, first of all, I would tell people it's important to be consistent. And so I think that people um, grab their phone in the morning before they get out of bed. I think they're checking stuff. Um, and I think they're checking it over lunch and I think they're checking it before they go to bed. And so I'm trying to do three times a day. My point of doing that is always staying in people's minds. So let's say you're a mom yes. and you have a, a kid's birthday party two weeks from now and you're scrolling through Instagram before you go to bed and oh, there's also sweet. Okay, I better send a quick email and put an order in for a cake. You just never know when you're gonna grab that customer. Um, the second thing I uh, I feel like I um, I do well um, I, I like the visuals I think I'm good at I mean that sounds so basic but um, I think I'm really good at taking pictures and making things look beautiful um, I think having a good eye for what looks pretty um, yes. is important too and then also um, 
uh, I feel like just kind of by nature, I have a self-depreciating humor. Um, and so I think that that translates. It is very organically me. Yeah. Um, and and I, uh, I think that comes across in the social media. So whether, you know, you know, uh, whatever it is, um, I think that I'm, I'm good at, and that puts people's guard down when yes. they see that there's a human behind there and she's struggling to like, for instance, during um, Thanksgiving, when we pull an all nighter, I'll do a captain's log so people can follow along with our journey that night because <laughs> we're not pulling all nighter. We don't look good. Um, mm -hmm. We're, miserable so that kind of that's yeah it's very real and organic and i do think there's something to be said about seeing behind the curtain do you know what i'm saying so here's what's happening behind the scenes and i think people like it and then it makes you um relatable that's what i think i don't Definitely. know i've talked to other businesses that have a company do their social media and yeah. to me i could smell it a mile away it seems impersonal it's cold um, it doesn't seem like them. And then the company never is active on or supportive of the other, of the other businesses. So they only are, they're like, I can tell the company's coming on and posting. And then they're like backing up, you know, I think it's important too, like to see other businesses on other people's Facebook or other people's Instagram or, or to be supportive as well. So does that answer your question? I'll say a few things. Yes. First, okay. yes. That answers my question. I'll say this is if your intent is, is strong and pure, then it all comes to you versus being transactional, thinking about conversions and clicks and all this, put yourself out there and things yeah. come to you. However you do that and manage that, that's up to each business. But to your point, if it's not genuine, organic and coming from within, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, you can smell it to your point. Everything yeah. that you just said, is basically people are paying $2,000 for a masterclass to basically say what you just said. Can you imagine? It is, it imagine? is exactly what marketing is. We get caught up in the minutia of the what and the how and the analytics of it and being able to beat the algorithm and blah, 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 blah. That's marketing. It's pure storytelling. It's connecting to other humans. And so sure. I think it's big. And I love the fact that you're acknowledging. I mean, we've talked about this. Our whole show is based on acknowledgement. It's everything that we're about on this. And so I think it's very important for people to understand that acknowledging the people that you work with, acknowledging the businesses in your community, the pillars of your community, sure. it matters. Clearly, it's, yeah. it's one over for you. Talk about, so we call this marketing through disaster because sure. it was very interesting. It was polarizing. We have a, a bakery and you, you're... You're again gregarious and a big personality yeah. and all that. And we talked about marketing through disaster. It seems counter to what we talk about with you know the bakery from Davenport, Iowa, but it's been something you've been pretty good at navigating. Talk about that when COVID hits and you know you had flooding issues, things like that. Sure. You go into kind of overdrive even to communicate more than you usually do, which is at least three times a day. So talk about that dynamic. Why is that important? Yeah. So um so uh, it's important, you know, with the flood, uh, I saw businesses that were 100% wiped out. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I own a business downtown and we're like one big family. So instead of wanting to um, 
annihilate each other. It's really a how can we work all together to make downtown better. That's really the philosophy here. Um, so um, when I saw that business wiped out, my first, um, my first urge was to grab as many employees as I could and um, take them under my wing and give them a job, you know, so that they could survive. Um, and so with that, that just kind of organically happened. I think I had four employees from one restaurant at one point. So with that talent what, that I what had. What was that restaurant? It was um, Rome. It was Rome. And it was right smack dab. I mean, those barriers broke. And it was, it was my favorite restaurant down here, too. Mm. Um, but um, I got the executive chef. I grabbed um, the sous chef. Um, I grabbed Ria, Armando, and then a couple bakers. Um, so with that talent that I was grabbing to try and give a job, I then marketed what they were doing. So we did a sandwich of the week. We did, um, here's Ria's soup that she's making. Everything that she was able to make and do from her skill set, I just blasted it everywhere that I could. Because why wouldn't you? And so then organically, we just kind of got more customers. Um, so that was kind of with the flood. With COVID, I mean, everybody freaked out. I was, I mean, I don't think I stopped crying the first day when the governor shut everything down. I was like, what am I going to do? But you have to, as a business owner, I had to pivot really freaking fast. Yep. And, um, I, you know, just kind of grind it out. And I thought there was just, you know, I'm sure everybody sees so much negativity that's going on right now that I decided, you know what, we're going to go in the opposite direction. And we, uh, you know, again, people are at home. People are reaching for their phones. So let's, um, let me, what I can do is I can teach people, let's have a virtual baking party. So even though I'm not trying to sell anything, you know, people are going to appreciate that I'm sharing recipes and sharing how to. Um, and so that's kind of a marketing thing. Um, we are doing TikToks now because All why right. wouldn't we? We're, we're having fun. Um, it's a, just another way people were grabbing, um, uh, you know, the attention of people at home because people were on their phone. Um, so we just had, I had to really quickly with the parameters in place. So people were at home, people were not able to leave. How am I going to use this? Um, to reach people because people weren't coming in. And so that's yeah. kind of what I did. Does that make sense? That's it. Hustle and communicate is the mantra of the show. And it's yeah. all about humans. That's the whole game. So you get that. Yeah. It's innate in you. You don't think you were quote unquote good at marketing because you maybe don't have the training or know the lingo or whatever. You have it right. in you. It, it, it's in your DNA, which is very clear. I want to take the last couple of minutes to talk about a couple of the people that uh, we want to acknowledge kind of that you get the uh, distinct honor of being able to work with. Who are the couple of the people that we want to talk about, uh, you know, on your team? Yeah, I love Emma. She's been with me for going on five years. Emma's the best. She's my cake decorator manager. Excellent. And, um, I have crossed the line a long time ago. You know how they're like, don't be friends with your employee. Don't play. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, she just got engaged over the weekend. And if she doesn't have me in her wedding, we're going to have, uh, we're going to report to HR. Just saying. Congrats, Emma. Yeah, Emma got engaged. So um, that's exciting. I love her. I would take a bullet for her. Um, Christine is another one. Um, she's like, the little worker bee. If I was Mr. Krabs, Christine would be SpongeBob. She's like flipping burgers and 
whipping out cookies and doing all that while I'm on the phone taking orders. Uh, we have Havla. She was with me for like three or four years, and she's getting ready to pop and have a baby. Um, Margo is my morning baker. She's going to have a baby. She's like, we're out to here, too. Um, David, my front counter guy who works for a TV station in Milwaukee, who set up my lighting to make sure I didn't have any shadows for your podcast. Perfect. Yep. Looking um, good. He's, he's important. And then Mark, uh, my dishwasher, Yvette, the dishwasher. Dishwashers are important because without them, we would come Number to our joining home. Number yeah. one, most important person yes. in the building. Uh, all right. I, I love that we got to catch up with this. I want to bring Sophie on real quick. Usually Sophie comes oh. on after our guest uh, takes off, but Sophie was the one who set this up. And uh, Sophie... Sophie. I think so. I think Sophie's making sure she's ready to go. She doesn't have <laughs> she doesn't have a lighting person like you do, Tiffany. So, I got a lighting person. So for anybody who doesn't know, oh, Sophie Breaker hi. basically runs this entire show. She's behind the scenes making sure that everything happens. And she always comes on and does little like takeaways, her perspective of the conversation we have. I wanted to bring her on because she's the reason that we have this channel that you're a part of best served baked where we focus on yeah, baked goods, pastries Woo! desserts it was very much important to her and then i said i'm going to iowa and she says my friend christine my who friend. is your roommate right yep we, we met in baking Suite, lab and she got you on the show so S sophie acknowledging christine and you the reason that you're on yeah. the show so thank you to sophie Sophie, yeah. why was it important? You were so excited about Oh So Sweet, really about excited. Tiffany, about Christine. What is it? Yeah. Why was it important for you to have them on the show? God, you know, you say that thing every single day, like good people connecting good people. And I'm like, good people <laughs> connecting good people. I can basically say the entire entry now, but uh, it's so true. I'm consistent to <laughs> Tiffany's point. I am consistent. <laughs> yeah, no, I met Christine in baking labs. We became friends over our failures in chocolate class. Um, we lived together for three years. Wow. Um, and and uh, last February, I went to her hometown and I visited and I got to go to OC Suite where she had been working for two three summers then by then yeah yeah and i remember you guys had food you had like you ate we on went the flower on the bins. first day yeah <laughs> you guys like pulled up chairs to the flower bins and ate. i think yes. you had a salted caramel brownie that was me yeah, yeah so great memory yeah, yeah. good and wow. um yeah and it right, was we so haven't even cold. talked about the, the food. So like, geek out for 30 seconds on some of Tiffany and Christine's like oh, desserts. God. What do you uh, like? So they have these. Do they used to have the big whoopie pies? Are those still You know what? Did um, you take those away? Well, seasonally. We'll bring those back oh, okay. probably like around um, when it starts getting cold. Yeah. Right now it's like fruit. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So those salted caramel brownies, um, mind blowing. And I, I, I took one home and I gave it to my parents, and they were like, "Oh my god, we gotta go to Iowa." Um, oh and god. I, those, those, like sometimes I used to have dreams about those. Um, oh but, my god, um, the cakes! I really love watching the cakes. Um, as they go through because they're so beautiful and um, and the macaroons. I remember the day we went, you were just plugging them out like four sheet trays in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, you're insane. So I'm like a macaron ninja. You are. Yeah. You really are. I can pop them I, out. I love it. All right. 
that's that's it we're gonna end the show here that was perfect tiffany cannon thank you so much for being on sophie thank you for making this happen i really appreciate it i'm grateful for the opportunity to talk with you i'm super excited i love what you're doing and i think there's so much that we can learn within the industry of the way that you're just being organically me i think it's so great so sophie cannon sophie breaker tiffany cannon appreciate you you. both (laughs) and uh, thank you so much have a great day Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.